Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On the record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is January 29th, 2018. See the thought. Um, Brother Zim, is that you? Who's South Carolina? Brother Zim? Hello? South Carolina. This is Aqua Amia. Oh, okay. Thank you, brother. Um, I guess there's only two people here, so it's you and Brother EK. Um, when you are using um, WhatsApp, can you, like, add somebody to a group if you, like, because we're going to delete this group because I can't get in it, get the tribes group, and we, we started another one. Does anybody know if you can do that or not? pretty sure you can as long as you have the people's phone numbers you're trying to add. You should be able to to the new group so long as you have the numbers. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, one moment. Can anybody see the screen, the chat box? No, I can log on. Sister Anisha. Sister Anisha, do you know if you can can add somebody to the WhatsApp group? Um if you're not an administrator? I don't think I can. I've never tried it before. I've only sent people the directions of how to find it. Okay, because we're going to delete the group that's in there. I can't get in that group. And... um I don't know what the hell is going on, but we started a new group, so I'm going to just delete that one, and we're going to try to move everybody over to that group. Okay, yes, sir. Do you know how to, um, okay, how can, can you explain to me how I, I can tell somebody how to find it? Ooh. I gotta look for that um, that text message again. I know it was like a specific phone number. The brother from um, the UK, um, I forgot his name, but he's the one who set everything up before. 
can Chris, Chris, can he delete it? No, because I, I don't think he set it up. I think I set it up. But for some reason, I can't get in, and I'm the app, I'm the administrator. But it's like I don't know. I can't explain it, but I can't get in. I can't even find it. I would have to play with it a little bit and try and figure it out. Maybe I can do that once we get off the phone, or I can hang up and see what I can figure out and call back in. Is that okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'll be back. Sean. We're on the um, correct line, right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Hey, our priest. Yes, sir. What what name are you going under? Um, Because you got uh, this one right here, you got under tribes of AB nations. You mean the new group? No, uh, tribes of Aboriginal, the one that you, um, the old old one you have. I don't know. If that's what you see, then that's what it is, because I can't see it or get to it at all. Yeah, that's the that's that's the old one. Tries of um, AB Nation. You didn't spell an Aboriginal all together. You just got tribes of AB Nation. Well, that's the old one. Created uh nine eight sixteen. Okay. Well. Um, can anybody, um, EK, can you see who's on the call? Yeah, one second. It's, um, South Carolina, myself, Illinois, 346, and Georgia. And uh, I'm guessing. Okay. Um, Javon called me, and uh, he had he was in a car accident and totaled his car. Somebody blew a red light and smashed into him. Totaled his car. And he's okay. He had a forearm injury, but 
he had some witnesses that fled the scene and people who caused the accident might be trying to blame him for the accident when he was going through a green light and they blew a red light. He is okay, but please keep him in your prayers. Brother Eric and Sister Crystal, I guess probably everybody may know, but if you don't know, um, Brother Eric's mother passed this past Friday, is my understanding. Um, our prayers and positive energies go out to them. So, uh, hold on. Let me get to this computer. I just had to help my mother-in-law for a second, so I couldn't uh, be on the computer at the computer. Everybody hear me? Shalom. Shalom, Ati Krista, Tribe of Judah. My apologies for the tardiness. Shalom, sister. You sound sick, sister. No, I just have a a slight cold, yes. Uh, Sister Shanice, how are you? I'm okay. How's the brother? Uh, he's okay. He's trying to make his way back to Texas. That's good. That's good. So I want to briefly talk about prayer. Just give me a second. Sister Shanice, what are your thoughts on prayer? Um, I think they're important. I try to do it at least once a day, if not three times. Okay. So, I'm sure, um, is there anybody here that hasn't been to a church service in their life? There's never been a church service? Pretty interesting. Everybody's been. Oh, I guess somebody got six. Somebody put WhatsApp in here. That's me, brother. Oh, okay. Um, 
adding participants. Go to chat screen, log press, subjects and group, tap add participant. You must be a group admin to add participants to an existing group chat. Wow. All right. Um, so when you go to church, you know, what are we really? Brahm, y'all, what do they? What do they teach you in church about prayer? Um. Well, that uh, if you don't pray, um. devil is going to come at you. Um, got to pray for the sick and the needy. And I mean, really, they don't teach you anything about prayer. Just like something that you pick up, you know, going over and over. And if you don't pray, you go to hell. So, I mean, it's just something that you pick up from a young age. Growing up, going back and forth to church, and I yield. Okay. Brother E.K., did you grow up going to church regularly? Yeah. Up to, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I was an acolyte at one point in the church. I didn't really know what that meant when I was growing up. But I just did it just because, but yeah. I went listening to Google. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in the church. And my father was a minister of music, choir director. And I grew up in a big church. And, um, I lived with my father, so we had to be there every Sunday. Shalom, Sister Nisha. Shalom, Sister. Shalom, Brother Gavin. I uh, was able to figure out, Sister, uh, bro, bro, Brother um, E.K. put some instructions in there. So you can't add somebody to the group unless you're an administrator. So... Um, I'm going to ask everybody that is present, if you know somebody, someone who's not present, please share with them to be on the line Thursday, please, because we're going to – I, I didn't do this last week. Sister Tora was under the weather. I was trying to get off the call soon, so I just slipped my mind. We're going to close that WhatsApp group that's presently there one reason I can't get in it, and I think I'm the administrator of it, but for some reason I I can't even find it any longer. So we're going to remove everybody from there this Thursday and put them in a, um, a new WhatsApp group. The other thing is there are people that are in that group that are no longer with us, and... Um, it's time to get them, at least last I know. I don't know if they left the group or not, 
but I do know that there's some people that are, that were there that um, are no longer with us, so they don't uh, need to be in the group with us any longer. When people leave, I, I got to tell you all the truth. If they just quit on us, I got to tell you all the truth. Sometimes I kind of rejoice because, like, they did me a favor dealing with the headache of dealing with them. And usually the people that quit just all of a sudden just quit, they've usually been a headache. Nine out of ten times, 9.9, they've been a damn headache. So it's usually a load off my back because not everybody that's with us is not as pleasant as most of us are or has been with us anyway. Anyway, we're talking about prayer. So prayers and positive energies. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start verse 5. Think about every, well, let me say this first. Think about when you've grown up in church. Think about what every Christian has told you about prayer. Now listen to what Yeshua was saying. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 6 reads as follows, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when, verse 7 reads as follows, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for for their much speaking. Verse 8, but not ye, therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Verse 9, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, that's vastly important. I'm going to read verse 5 again, and then I'm going to go to individuals. So listen carefully. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. 
hold that. How are the hypocrites? What do these hypocrites do? It reads on as follows. What they do is, or I'm paraphrasing, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. What do the hypocrites hypocrites do? They love to pray standing in the synagogues. Now let's replace this word synagogue with any type of building structure that they're relating to Almighty. They love to pray standing in the mosque. They love to pray standing in the temple. They love to pray standing in the church. And in the corners of the street. These are hypocrites. EK, what do you hear? Yes, I hear that, you know, that prayer is a personal. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I was saying that uh, that prayer is a personal communion between you and the Most High, and that um, it's a sacred act, obviously, that it should be done in private, not to uh, be used as a form of, you know, trying to do it in public um, and trying to make yourself or oneself uh, seeming to be you know, seen by other people and trying to, you know, lead in prayer, so to speak. And because um, you can see it, like, on the street corners, like sometimes you see people that, you know, um, uh, you see people on the street corners like Jehovah Witnesses or people that like to be in front of the marketplaces, you know, trying to say, you know, Jesus is the way or Jesus will bless you and all these other different things. So all those different things still tie back to this particular verse and that, um, you know, it's something that it, it's really just meditation between you and the Most High, and it's not something that's supposed to be done in public, so to speak, not you. Okay, Brother E.K., <clears throat> can you do it sometimes? Can you pray in the public sometimes? Not according to this verse. Can you pray in the streets sometimes? Not according to this verse. So if you're praying, standing in the building, the church, the temple, the synagogue, every Sunday, what does Jesus say about those who do this? (laughs) <laughs> and they call themselves followers of Jesus Brother Alex what are your thoughts on that Shalom Shalom I would have to agree with Brother E.K. Uh, yeah uh, prayer is definitely uh, a personal thing with you and the most high and um, like you just said uh, I mean our people you know I just think we were taught wrong and everything. 
And the majority of us is hypocrites, like you say, just listening to that verse and everything. It definitely, I mean, he just said it, you know, do everything privately, privately, do it in secrecy, whereas it's just between you and him. And then as far as people just being out in the street preaching, it kind of like brought back things to me, like far as the Moors, other Hebrew Israelites that I see like on YouTube out here telling people what to do, talking about the most high, this and that. Just let me know that they are hypocrites and they're not true followers of the most high. And I yeah. Yeah, well, you can do public speaking, but don't be out there praying. But look, I don't know how clear this needs to be. (laughs) Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. They stand in the streets. They stand in the so-called place of worship, and they pray. Should they be doing this? According to what they claim to believe, should they be doing this? No. According whom they claim to believe in, should they be doing this? No. Should they do it at Mecca? Sister Anisha, should they be doing it at Mecca? I'm sorry, should they be doing it what? At Mecca. Oh, no. No, they definitely shouldn't be praying to a rock and walking around it seven times. But there's an exception. When it says thou shalt not, oh, the exception is we can walk around the, the, the cobblestone seven times and pray. No, there's no exception. Oh, we go to church every Sunday. We can pray. No. Now, if these people are hypocrites, and according to Yeshua, they're hypocrites, and I'm going to side with him. Personally, I'm siding with him because I understand what he's saying. Not just because it's him, but because I get it. Now, these people are hypocrites, and they are, then you got a whole lot of people on this earth that are hypocrites. You got a whole lot of Bible-thumping, church-going people that are hypocrites. Brother Gavin, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm still here. What are your thoughts on that? The church is a funny place because every time I mention it, you know, uh, it, it becomes apparent more and more. You know, that it's supposed to be a place, you know, according to the the Christian believers, is for the is for the refuge, and it's for the um, the 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 suffering heart, you know, the sick and the shut-ins and all of that good stuff. People that, you know, that needs to be helped on the outside world, outside of the church who are not uh, born again. But then again, they're going against the grains of what they're teaching, in my opinion, because, you know, I remember my church, 
you know, there was like, yeah, I, I want to say as a child, we, we went out and did the sick and shut-in thing, you know, visit the sick and shut-in and, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, what was that called again? Uh, you know, the missionary work we did, you know, outreaching in the communities, um, giving out flyers and tracks, but I, I don't see where it was really the storehouse or it was really for the community storehouse or for the, you know, the, the, the people uh, that wanted to go to college, you know, it's like you got you to gotta do a fundraiser, you know, <laughs> washing cars in order to make, get more money for the, for the youth of the church to get in certain T-shirts that we wanted or certain, uh, you know, drums. We used to play the drums in the church, you know, marching drums as a band, you know, in the streets, and they needed more money for that. We got to, you know, do fundraisers just to get that money. So what is, I don't understand the initiation of what the church was really for in, in being in the community, taking from the community, sending our money to the central conference, because we had our central conference, which is, is in Washington, D.C., where they monetize what we make. And, and even up today, uh, a couple of years back, 2000, probably within the last seven, six, seven years, I saw an old church friend's older sister, you know, that knew my older brother. And she, we were talking. We didn't see each other in years. You know, we bumped into a store in, in, the, in the region. And she was like, oh, you know, yeah, you know, the Seventh Adventist Church, I don't really go. And um, I got a friend who's a pastor, and he, he talks with all the other guys that are is in that general conference that they all, you know, work together. And they say, oh, they love the, the Northeastern Conference is like the New, New England states, you know, uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Vermont, and New York. The greater Atlantic states is like Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey. So all of that makes up the Northeastern Conference. They say, oh, they love the West Indians and the, and the, and the Caribbean Islanders up there because we're faithful. Giving, we give our money faithfully every week, and they just love that about us. And I don't understand what, has, what has, that has to do anything with winning souls, you know, to spread the message of the world, the Advent message throughout the world of, of making more flyers and more churches and more tracks. That's what that's all about, and keeping their, their pockets lined, fat. You know, and that's what I see with all these other denominations that they're doing to a certain degree, whether they have a conference or they just have a, a <coughs> one pastor who is, has a mega church in that community. And, and all they're doing is the total opposite, like you guys, you know, with like everyone has, has said on the phone, which the, 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 the um, Jesus and, you know, uh, most of his, his philosophy was, you know, um, you know, you, you, you come to church. There was no specific, it was like a synagogue and temples, which they did a lot of certain ceremonies, but they didn't, I, I didn't see, or I, I, don't, I never read in the Bible where it was for those functions that we do of today's world. And uh, that's just, you know, that's how I feel about it. And that's what I see. So I could be wrong. Anyone can say that I'm wrong or right. I don't know, but that's what I see. But with that, I yield. Thank you, brother. So first point I'm trying to get across 
You cannot possibly be following the truth according to this book and go to a church and pray every week. Now, you see Muslims, you see Christians, you see Hebrews, you see all of these people who will go out on the street or go out to their camp or go to their temple or whatever, and they will pray in public, standing in public, in their place of worship, and they're being called hypocrites. I hope that that's clear, because where I'm going with this, you have to look at the masses of people who claim to know this book, who claim to follow this book, and who are described in this book as hypocrites. Simple. Hopefully nobody's confused. Shalom, brother. I have a quick question. Would, yes, sir. Um, would also, for example, if uh, we pray, like, say, for example, like when people gather around their family members for dinner, is also like praying out loud, would that also equate with this verse as well? Well, that's kind of different because you're not really praying. You're actually not praying. That's a confusion in uh, Christianity. What you're doing is you're giving grace and blessing over the meal. You're giving thanks over the meal. Now, people have turned it into prayer-esque type of behavior, but that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be an acknowledgement of giving thanks for this meal. So that's slightly different. But what they do do, you're correct, because what they do do, they have turned it into prayer. Shalom, brother. <laughs> Okay. Just to answer, yes, sir. Just to answer, uh, brother Ek's question. Uh, how about, how about, because we like my family used to worship every Friday. You know, when sunset comes, you know, my mother used to call us and say, "Come in, it's the Sabbath." You know, and the Sabbath time, we sit there and sing, sing and, and and read scriptures, and we'll sing different songs, and then we'll do like five minutes, almost five to ten minutes of prayer. And we'll go in a circle. Everybody used to pray from the oldest to the youngest, which I was the youngest. So. <laughs> but my whole point is, you know, having that sort of gathering with the family, would you, would you, what would you consider that in that mindset, the way I just explained it? Everything is fine up until that prayer. I'm, I'm, hopefully I can make this clear. Just follow me. Just hold that thought, brother, because just follow this. Now, all these religious people, right, all these so-called prophets, messengers, holier-than-thou reverends, ministers, saints, imams, all of these people pray in public, standing in places of worship. Now, they're supposed to be the real believers, right? <laughs> They're the real believers. They really follow God, right? They really follow the truth. Forgive me my laughter, but 
I get a kick out of this, so forgive me. I don't mean any disrespect to the, our people. I really don't. So please forgive me. But um, Lord, please forgive me. Um, but we all know that that's what they profess and think, right? But yet, the same people that say the United States of America is evil, I'm not saying it's not. I want you to see this. They preach against the United States of America. They say that these are the most wicked people and all of that. But they got sense enough to know don't go pray in public. The government of the United States. They got sense enough to know that when it's a time to acknowledge something, they have a, a moment of silence. You've been on, those of you who have been in this nation, you don't hear us coming on this line praying like that. Why is it? Because that's what hypocrites do. Hypocrites that don't even comprehend prayer. That's why. Montavious, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, um, I agree with all the brothers that um, sometimes you can just, well, overlook certain scriptures and misinterpret them because... Even though I've, I've read this scripture before, um, it kind of went over my head a little bit. But, you know, as far as standing on the corners, I always kind of looked at that like, you know, but not actually, I guess, in the church. But at the same, you know, in the same time, a few scriptures down from um, chapter 6, verse 5, it says, you know, it's it's private between you and the most high, so that's understandable. So, you know, a lot of people get inside, you know, the um, church, and, you know, they want to show out and shout and why they, you know, praying, and it's it just to be seen. So um, I agree with all the brothers and sisters now, you. Okay. <clears throat> You should have a moment of silence when there are things of importance. And if the beast understands that and they practice it and these holier-than-thou religiousists don't, something is really wrong here because these people are claiming to be living by this book. That is crazy. I mean, I don't know... Lord have mercy. Sister Crystal, what are your thoughts? Hello. Um, I guess I would basically say that, um, you know, prayer is not for like a public gain or praise or for public acknowledgement. It's like an intimate and sacred relationship between you and the Most High. And um, 
you know, it's like when they took, like you said, took prayer out of school and different things like that. Um, they knew that for a reason, and we, on the other hand, did not. So, um, you know, it's no gray or it's no gray line. It's black or white. It's either right or wrong. You know, yes or no. It's no maybe. It's no in between. And I yield. Thank you, sister. So, I mean, that's about as clear as it gets. <laughs> I don't know how much clearer it can get. So, if you do that, you, you see. You see people doing that, then you should know that they they're not they don't even know what's in this book. They don't know. I see some. Hold on, South Carolina. Who is that? I see somebody that popped in here with South Carolina, not Rahmia. Who is this? This is Brother Azim. Shalom, brother. Shalom, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, sir. Are you working on Thursday? Uh, Yes, sir. I'm always working on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, But what I, I do, I do go on y'all uh, blog talk, you know, y'all talk to, and I do listen to the call. Okay. Yeah, so those are the only days I'm working Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Okay. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm pretty soon I'll be out of there soon, so uh, just, just hold on. I'm going to be out of there pretty soon, brother, please. Okay, brother. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. <clears throat> you see these people doing this stuff, you know they're hypocrites. Now let's go on to another point. I'm going to go to same chapter. Um, I'm going to go to verse 7. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Don't, what, what this is leading to from first verse, Verse 5, don't go standing in these places of worship or on the streets praying. Now we jump down to verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. When ye pray, use not vain repetitions. Now, right after he says this, I'm going to read the whole verse. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Next verse, verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them. Yeah, that's right. Just, just order. Order. Yeah. 
You got to go on mute, Brother Gavin. Sorry about that. But be ye, excuse me, verse 8, be not ye, therefore, like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, I'm going to read this again, verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition. Jump down to verse now, 9. After this manner, therefore, ye pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Sister Nisha, do you see something going on here? It makes me think of um, things like affirmations. Like, you know, when people tell you to look in the mirror and say these affirmations to yourself seven times a day. Um, that's what comes comes to mind when I hear be not like the heathen praying in repetition because your Father in heaven already knows what you need before you even come to him. And then also when I hear that, I think, about when Yeshua said, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. And if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, get up and move, and the mountain will get up and move. You don't have to keep asking for the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, which I I think, you know, I've fallen victim to. so it's good to hear it again. But yet and still, the proper way in which to do it, for me, still needs a little bit of clarifying. And then what I also see from when you were also talking about, you know, um, not standing in the corners and not standing in the synagogues and in the churches and praying in loud, you know, uh, in crowds and going into your private closet. It made me think about uh, Elijah's mother when she was being tormented by her husband's other wives and because she was barren. And then she went into the temple and she threw herself at the altar and she started praying and she was praying and her mouth was moving and she was crying and then one of the prophets came out and was like, you know, what's wrong with you? Like he thought she had a spirit or something and she then explained to him, you know, what was going on before she became pregnant with Elijah. You know, she was telling God, if I get pregnant, I'll give, you know, dedicate my son to, to the kingdom and to the church and there'll be a prophet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of reminds me of how she went about her prayers as well. 
I hope all that that I just said made sense. And you. Yes, ma'am, it made sense. But just make sure we separate affirmations from prayer because affirmations are okay because they're not supposed to be prayers. But the point is that she was saying about the repetition, and I get it. It's just we got to remember affirmations need to be separated. The problem is, though, when this is a very critical issue because affirmative prayer is the term that is used publicly. So let me make this clear. That's used throughout the church or, or affirmations and things like that. Um, so Christians would identify with affirmative prayer or prayers of affirmation, which it's a really thin line. It's kind of hard to differentiate, but just so that we understand, that's really not a prayer. But I'll come back to that. So listen to this again. But ye, but when ye pray, use not vain rep- repetitions. Verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. E.K., do you see it? Hold on, brother. Yeah, basically, with this vain repetition, yeah, because prayer in of itself is essentially asking for relief, because it's actually a law term. It's actually seeking relief. And so the heathens that use vain repetitions, they're only trying to be heard. They're trying to impress people with how they quote-unquote pray. So that's why it also connects back to verse 5 about how they want to be seen by men. But when you pray to the Most High, you're basically confirming that in privacy that you're trying to keep that sacredness hollow, basically, and um, that you're basically speaking something into the into existence about that kingdom come. So you're basically trying to manifest with the most high, so to speak, but you're not trying to do it in a way where it can be viewed as being idolatrous. Um, so that's why, like, the whole concept of being praying in a closet or praying in private kind of makes that, um, makes that, uh, proper to do so. I yield. Okay, that's true, but it's something specific I'm pointing out. Um, so listen again. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition. Verse nine. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. For Amya. Do you see what I'm trying to get everybody to say? Because nobody said it yet. Do you see it? Yes, sir. Um, it says, uh, do not use vain repetition, meaning uh, when you pray and you actually praying, you, when you pray, you're not praying for something. 
um, you praying in reference to um, basically giving thanks for what's already been done because um, what's already been done has already been manifested. Um, and after you pray, you say um, the, the, the Lord's decree and I give. That's true, but it's still missing. Does anybody anybody else want to take a crack at this? Mom, this really, yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Um, is, are you basically saying that he's giving you a format to go by, a platform to base the prayer on? Yes, but it's one other part, though. Yes, that's true, but it's one other critical part. Shalom. Let me this brother Alex. Uh, let me see. I can take uh, Avida name when he was saying that uh, he said uh, he said uh, we say uh, Avida name. Um, dang, I forgot the rest. Uh, I hear. I think you are, you got it. I know you said somewhere how beat our neck. Can you repeat the scriptures? So I think I think what you're trying to get. Okay. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay. Let, uh, let me just read it. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's like you were right on the tip. Let, let me just get to it. Let's, let me just get to it. We've all been in church. We've all been in church. How many times have you heard the people in church do what they call the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. How many how many people have this um memorized? Now listen again. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do y'all get it? <laughs> what did you say, sister? I can't even understand you. Who is this? Somebody needs to go on mute, man. Hold on. Let me mute everybody. Hold on. Somebody's thing is just jacked up, man. Holy as in. Um, Say it again, sister. When you're first saying, hallowed be thy name, you're saying, like, uh, it's holy? Uh, no, that's not what you said. Brother Priest. Yeah. Um, 
Go ahead. That's supposed to be done in private, not in the public. When you well, say that, yeah, that prayer should be done in the private, not in the public. Meaning, when, 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 when church is about to be out, we say that prayer, you know. And now I'm starting to see it. You're not supposed to say that in the public. That is, that is private, because you're actually um, having this bond with the Creator. So, with you having a bond with the Creator. That's done in a private because um, that bond between you is a contract. Not you. That's true, but y'all are still missing it. Um, I, um, go ahead. What I'm hearing is take yourself out of it because it's not really in your hands. I must be saying something wrong. Because, like, y'all are missing this. Um, all right, listen. Verse 7, but when ye pray, use not vain repetition. So what he's saying is don't pray the same way using the same type of repetitive language. Then it goes down to our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What did these people do? They took this and they used it as a vain repetition and they called it the Lord's Prayer. So the fact that they called it the Lord's Prayer, somebody's phone is not good. Hold on. Okay, they took this, called it the Lord's Prayer, and they say it every week in church, and it is a vain repetition itself. Sister Chinese, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, I wasn't really raised in the church, so I never really seen it happen, but um, my kids' grandparents taught them to pray in that manner of always saying the Lord's Prayer, so my children know it by heart, but I was never taught that. Okay, but you made a good point. Now, now going back to what Ram y'all just said, because he was on it, well, a couple of people were on it, but where he, where he just left off at, okay, here's the next important part. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. After this manner, therefore pray ye. He did not say, when you pray, go pray these exact words. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Well, this says in earth, as it is in heaven. He did not say, repeat these words. Now, this is this is just really simplistically clear when you see that these heathens, these hypocrites, have taught us 
to pray these exact words. He did not say pray these exact words. He said pray after this manner. This is the manner in which you pray, not these exact words. This is the manner in which you pray. Brother E.K., what are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they've basically they made they they basically turned this particular um this particular several verses into um an idolatrous practice almost because like you just talked about we're not supposed to be using this as vain repetition and not verbatim all these different words, but this is just saying that this is the manner at which you, you know, you pray to the most high as far as that these are the parameters of um, what you would uh, sort of ask of the most high, so to speak, but not verbatim word for word what these constitute, but just, these are the parameters of what, you know, constitutes a, for lack of a better phrase, a good prayer, so to speak. So um, the fact that they, what we've been taught, well, what the masses of people have been taught about this particular verses and trying to make it into something that um, can be, heard for much of their speaking because that's what we hear in the churches when we see this is you know trying to be seen by men trying to be impressed by by men so that's sort of what they've done done to our thinking so they've really they took this and turned it into an idol god almost and that's sort of what caused a lot of people to have a improper way to uh pray and then even when it says lead us not into temptation but it was from evil it's like you know, the temptation to not use vain repetitions when we pray. You know, so like don't don't do that type of stuff, like don't deviate from this manner of how you're supposed to pray basically. So I you very well put, brother. So this manner, meaning like the brother said, it's basically look, this is the type of content you would use in your prayer. These are not the exact words. When you're praying, cover these issues. Acknowledge the most high. Acknowledge that what's done in the heavens should be done on earth or in earth within yourself and on this planet. Acknowledge these things in your prayer. Don't say these exact words. Forgive people that have trespassed against you. Forgive debtors that owe you debts. Forgive them in your heart. Stray from temptation. So acknowledge that there are temptations out there. This is the content, not the words. And it does not mean that you have to have all of this same content in every single prayer that you make because that too would be a vain repetition. 
Brother Amiot, what are your thoughts? I appreciate you're absolutely right. Um, I while you were saying that, I was just sitting here thinking, like, with with those uh, with 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 that creed, you know, with that platform, most of really don't understand that that's the way to really understanding. Prayer, along with you know the meditation. So like, just thank you, and I you. All praises to the Most High Almighty, Brother Alex. What are your thoughts on this? Shalom. Yeah, my thoughts on this. Um, man. I haven't really heard anyone break it down like that. I was really trying to get what he was trying to, you know, come with with that far as he was in vain repetition, basically just saying the same thing over. And like you just said, the Father, he already knows what we want us. He already knows our thoughts, but the vain repetition, we don't even have to do that because he already knows. And I yell. Praise the Lord. Now, Pete, this now. Keep this, okay? Vain repetition. Vain repetition. Spoken, standing in places of worship. Wait. Hear me good. The repetitions are vain. Anisha, what are your thoughts? It's beautifully simplistic. Like scripture says, most highly used the simplest thing, simplicity to confound the wise. It's, it's right in your face. Um... Just right in your face, and sometimes because it's so like right in your face and so simple, you tend to like look over it, and you're thinking, okay, well he said to pray in this manner, and so you're thinking to pray exactly like this, and then you're not realizing by you repeating this same thing, thinking you're good, you're turning it into vanity. <laughs> So just you know, beautifully simplistic. Thank you. Very well put. Very well put. It is it is beautifully simplistic. So guess what happened? You don't know the Lord's prayer. You better get in there and learn that Lord's prayer. What? You're 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 teaching babies to do something that this man or the Mashiach he was our champion, whether he attained king throne or not, he was our champion. Yeshua said don't do. 
He says it plainly. It's not like it's, listen, it's as plain as it can be. How is it that there are billions of people on this earth who don't see this? It's because it wasn't given to them. The Most High Almighty came looking for you. I'm talking about you as an individual on this line. There was something about you that heard something that nobody else heard that was around you. And it drew you here. And then you come here and you learn these types of things that none of these people are teaching. And there are billions of them that are teaching contrary to this. How is it that little old priest, nobody, how is it that I can go in here and read this and make sense out of it where it's clear and the masses of people are not doing it? It's because we are actually descendants of the real Hebrews of these scriptures. I was actually taught by the elders of the order of Melchizedek who carried this down for generations to generations to bring it back to us in this time today. This is not a coincidence. This is not me blowing my own horn or blowing our horn. You heard something that they didn't hear. It's not me alone that's hearing it. You heard you heard something. We didn't talk about this specifically that you heard, but you heard something that others didn't hear and you knew it was true. And if you didn't know it was true, you felt something was true, so you wanted to figure it out. Go learn more. The Lord's Prayer being taught is an abomination. It is idolatry, as E.K. was speaking on. The word vain is the root word of vanity. As sister was pointing out, vanity. They take the prayer, call it the Lord's Prayer, tell you to repeat it and memorize it. And then if you don't, they get angry with you and they go all over this earth using that for vain purposes. They use the Lord's Prayer for vain purposes. They use repetition for vain purposes. And all that they're doing in, in honor of their so-called God, be they Muslim, Christian, uh, or Hebrew, specifically, they are doing it for vain purposes. Um, let me see. Who did I not go to? Azim, what are your thoughts? I'll come back to you because for some reason you're muted. Oh, oh go ahead, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know what it's like because I've dwelled in the church all my life since I was a little boy, and when you hear people um, praying out loud like that, you know, and like brother um, Rami, I say that's a private thing between you and the Most High. So. When you see people, you know, praying over their food and stuff, and they think that's scriptural, 
they have no idea it's not. So like like right now, you know, you don't see things getting better. You know, the churches are getting busy, the mega churches and the guys of the praise dancing and all this other madness going on, so um I mean personally I, I mean eventually people are gonna wake up, brother priest, but I mean I see like you can tell people this stuff, but their minds are so full of with doctrines, you know, like we say their minds are full of doctrines and belief. You know, you've got to kind of let people kind of go go their way. You know, eventually they'll wake up, you know, and, and turn the correct way. And I yield. I'm glad you said that, brother, because if you're speaking to somebody about these types of matters, and you know that they're a Muslim, Christian, Hebrew, whatever, right? You have to preface this by letting them know that the majority of the planet has been deceived. They have been led astray and deceived. So you got to like set something like this up in their mind because I just tried to show it to us here and we, we, we kept missing the, the little small point that the Lord's prayer is is repetitive. It's being done every week in the church. And it's not just the Lord's prayer that's in the church. It's it, You see it every year they go to Mecca. Mm-hmm. Standing up in public, walking around a rock and praying. Now I got to get on one other thing. This pertains to prayer posture. Now, we talked about prayer postures a couple of years ago. Um, so I don't recall, I don't think that I brought up this point. Well, I know I didn't bring up this point that I'm about to say. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Okay. Uh Prayer is part remembrance. Prayer is part exercise. Actual prayer. Now, I've spoken about that before. There are prayer postures that the Bible talks about, which I'm not going to get all in that today, but I just want to have that as a lead-in so you can follow where I'm talking, what I'm talking about. You have to understand one major thing. Believe me when I tell you this, this will confound some of the greatest scholars. It's very simple. The original inhabitants of this earth eventually became known as Hebrews. So the original inhabitants of this earth, where there was no name given to the culture and the lifestyle, they preserved it and passed it down through blood, and eventually it got named Hebrew. 
faith. Okay, now, if this is true, and I'm going to show how it is true, then that would mean this idea of prayer is older than any religion. That would mean that if it's older than any religion, then perhaps that practice is older than any other cultures that came after it, any other civilized cultures that came after it. So what I'm going to say, the Bible says that the original civilized beings occupied Mesopotamia. Now, Mesopotamia is no longer on the, on the map. And the Mesopotamian Empire is no longer designated on the map. But what was in the Mesopotamia Empire would be Nile Valley, Ethiopia, Sudan, Arabia, Israel, uh, I want to say Syria. I get my brain gets backwards on Syria and Assyria. I think Assyria is west and Syria is east. But whichever one it is, all of that region was the Mesopotamian Empire. The Garden of Eden, the Tigris River is still there today. The Euphrates River is still there today. And the Bible talks about the land of Ethiopia, the Tigris River, and the Euphrates River is where life began. That is connecting over to the Nile Valley region, parts of it. The lower, um, or excuse me, I think it's the upper Nile because the upper Nile is the one that's lower, if I remember correctly. All right, now, that would mean that this practice was passed on from the original inhabitants of the earth, and I'm going to show you, hopefully show you, a chronology of events of events of how this ended up to where we are today. So I'm going to go backwards in time. From our point today, I'm going to go back to Mesopotamia. All right, so look. You see Christians are doing vain repetition. You see Yeshua saying you should pray. But if they're not praying according to how he's explaining, then you know, which is what they're doing today, then you know they're off course. So let's go before this time frame, and even in modern times, let's go to Arabia Mecca. They're not praying according to what is in this book. Let's go back a little further. Now we're going to go to Judaism. Why is it you don't see Jew, Jewish people doing this in public? Do you ever see them praying? 
Okay. Now let's go back to before Yeshua walked the earth. So let's say we're going to go back to what? 2300 BC in that time frame. Whatever calendar you use, however you mark your date, the date here is not important. The focus needs to be on what I'm talking about. Israelites, 10 tribes, went into bond servitude prison status to the Assyrians. 10 tribes did, not all 12. When they did, there are historical records that show them being led into captivity. Islam, as you know it, did not take an official religious, um, they didn't really exist until the, what is it, the 600 ADs. So, we're that's about 1400 years ago from now 23 bc 2300 bc we're talking like 4000 years ago but whatever it is it's over a thousand years before anybody ever heard of islam it's older than Christianity that is practiced in modern time by a couple of thousand years. So the prayers that they're doing now are not how it was in the scriptures in Christianity. The prayers that Islam is doing is not how it was in the scriptures. Well, it's partially leading up to how it was. I'm going to try to differentiate here. The Hebrews, if you see, a lot of us don't know, we, most of us know of the street Hebrews. Those are new guys. Those are not um, like, you know, ancient Hebrews. That's like a new thing that they did. But you will see a lot of so-called Old Testament Hebrews that pray in public. Here's the connection. I hope I can connect this in your mind. So just see this in your mind's eye. Abraham had his offspring. Abraham got his practices from Noah. And well, it didn't come directly from Noah, but it came through the bloodline of Noah through Shem and then all the way down to Noah, uh, to Abraham. And it was carried from Abraham to Isaac and to Ishmael. Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. So Abraham was doing something that predates Islam, that predates Christianity. Now, during Assyrian captivity, 
there are writings carved or, or pictorials, pictorials, uh, drawings carved on the walls. That is the first. That is a designation of the first people on the planet called Israelites or Jews, and they are Negroes with skewed the terminology, nappy beards and braids. They are without a doubt Negroes. Okay, during that captivity, they were getting beat on the back by Assyrians as they were marching from their own homeland to Assyria. During that time, they were walking with their hands out in front of them and their palms in the air. If you see what's on the walls of Assyria and all over the earth, they put their head toward the ground, their forehead is on the ground, and they're bent over like, just like you see Muslims do in Mecca. Now, wait a minute. Part of what the Muslims are doing is ancient Hebrew prayer postures. But when the Assyrians were doing this to the Israelites, they were beating them and making them perform prayers in front of them, and they were making mockery of their God. Where's your God now? Do your prayers now. You see this, Anisha? Do you follow me? Are you there, Anisha? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm here. It's sick and twisted, but um, yes, I am seeing it. I, there was this uh, book of Negroes. I believe they made it into a miniseries, and they had a couple of sh- the, the the episodes on YouTube, and I caught, caught it. And um, there was this little particular black girl that they followed that, you know, was in an African, quote-unquote, an African village. Um, and she said her father was, a, was converting people to um, Islam, which made me think of the... Uh, the, the what's that word that they call them? Saracens or Saracens, Saracens, whatever. Um, the sons of Sarah, the people that went and tried to hide hide among um, the Muslims. Um, and she said in this particular series um, that you know her father was one of the major people converting the people in her township to Islam, and they still rounded them up, and they had one of the scenes where before, you know, where they were marching them through the jungle, where they had stopped to rest the slave, and the little girl went to bow to pray, and one of the African slavers whipped her on the back for praying, and that's what, what your recalling the history that you're telling, teaching us right now, reminds me of. Very sick, very sick. I you. 
Okay, now, guess what? Abraham, the Israelites predated, and the Hebrew faith predated Islam. But Prophet Muhammad was taught by Israelite sages, priests, and prophets. He was taught. Now, he was taught the history of the Hebrews and the Israelites. So here's where the, the real problem comes in with religion, because if you don't understand this, then you think that Islam is supposed to be some brand new religion. It's not. It was never supposed to be that. And if you study anything about Islam, you'll find out that they will tell you that this was the returning to Abraham that they were supposed to return to Abraham's faith. Now, the fact that they call it Islam is because the word Islam means submission. It's not a religion. Now, they've turned it into a religion, but it's the, Islam, it's the Arabic word for submission to the Most High. If you follow me, what I'm trying to say is they, they took the cultural practices and turned it into a religion. So when they're marching around that rock, or meteor, it's supposed to be a meteor that fell out of the clouds. When they're marching around the cobblestone and they're doing prayer, they're actually imitating the Israelites of the Hebrew faith who thousands of years before them went into bond servitude slavery and they were walking and made, being made mockery of and being beat with whips while they were walking. Ramya, do you see this? Yes, Brother Priest. That's 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 amazing. Um what what I'm seeing is um the whole fact of all this is like there's nothing new under the sun. As it's as above so below. It's like a three hundred sixty degrees all over again. Because everything that was going on then is the same thing that turned around to go on now. now that is correct. That is correct. So the, the Muslims got bits and pieces of the information, and because the Israelites were getting beat in public, they're basically mimicking our history. They're throwing rocks out of their hands. They're carrying sticks with little whips on the end, and they don't even know why. <laughs> Have you all seen this? Have anybody seen them walk around this cobblestone? <laughs> Nobody? Yeah. Oh, my apologies. Yes, ahead, sir. Yeah, I've seen them walk around. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I never knew that they had um, little whips in their hands. So do they just walk around with them in their hand or they just, or? Yeah, they'll have a little stick with some little things on the end. It looks like fringes. It's, it's, it's imitating a whip. It is a whip, but they don't know that. Or maybe they do know it. But they still don't act like they do. Okay, now, 
They're throwing stones. They're saying prayers, and they're carrying a whip because they're imitating their father, Abraham. Now, Abraham didn't carry a whip, but they're imitating what happened, excuse me, what they're imitating the Israelites, who are the grandsons of Abraham. And they don't even know that that's what they're doing. So the prayer postures that Muslims do actually are similar to the prayer postures of Hebrews. But remember, they were being beat and forced to do this as a mockery. Not because they were practicing it in public. So if you understand where the misconception could come from, why they can tell themselves it's okay to be standing out in public, well, here's why they could tell themselves that. This is one of the reasons why. Martavius, do you get it? Yes, sir. Brother Gavin, do you get it? Sister Crystal, do you get it? Shalom, yes, sir. Basically, they're maintaining part of our practices in their culture, and that's part of the reason why so many of our brothers and sisters are, are prone to turn towards them. I yield. Yes. Sister Shanice, do you get it? Yes, I get it. Can you explain it to me? Um, it's imitation. They're pretty much imitating what they have seen and what they have learned. Thank you, sister. Now, look, if I was talking to a Muslim or a Muslim, believe me, you don't want to just say this to them. You don't really want to talk this way to any religious people because they'll be ready to kill you. The fact that they won't sit in reason with you, the fact that they want to argue in debate ought to tell you they're trying to protect their idol God worship. They've got bits and pieces and derivatives of the original Hebrew faith, which the original Hebrew faith is submission to the will of the Most High God Almighty. The word Islam means submission, and they translate the word Muslim to be one who submits. But submits to what? How do we know what the will of the Most High is? Simple the laws, statutes, and commandments. So look, what is the purpose of laws, statutes, and commandments? What is the purpose? The purpose is to utilize this to civilize people and to erect government. So you're supposed to have a government that has the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High Almighty. So your government is supposed to be set up as a theocracy, meaning 
a government of the Most High, for the Most High, by the Most High. And the laws of that government are supposed to come from the 613 laws, statutes, and commandments that are found in the scriptures. Not 10 commandments, 613 laws, statutes, and commandments. Now, what do you submit to as a Hebrew? You submit to the Most High, but you submit to the laws, statutes, and commandments. What is the penalty for breaking the law of thou shalt not fornicate? Death. Death. What is the penalty for adultery? Death. Homosexuality, lesbianism. Death. Not death before trial, though, but death if you're found guilty. Now, who has the power? I'm living in Texas. Sister Sharnice is in Texas. This is a death penalty in Texas. Who carries out the death penalty in Texas? The Texas state government. The Hebrew government carried out the death penalty of our people of old. It was not just some spook god, some mysterious idol, non-existent god. It was a government. We're living in the United States government. Just flip that around in your mind and put us in their seats and make us a Hebrew government carrying out the law, statutes, and commandments. Then it's going to make sense, a whole lot more sense why courts all over the earth have Bibles. Because this technology, this information, this culture that we call Hebrew today pre-existed all other civilizations on this earth, period. You can argue with people back and forth about Egyptology and, and Kemet and hieroglyphics. Listen, Ham, the father of Egyptians was the son of Noah. And I say it a thousand times, or I'll say it a thousand times more. Ain't no way in hell you're going to ever convince me that a son's history and culture predates his father's. That is nonsense. I don't care what your calendar you think they say, there is no possible way that it don't even make common sense. No, it's not common sense. Martavius, do you see what I'm saying there? That that doesn't make sense. Yes, sir. It yeah, it it makes plenty of sense. Um, it it ain't no way around it. it and, and I yield. So, oh, hieroglyphics predate. Well, excuse me. Let me respect what they say. Medunetter predates the Bible. We just talked about this last Wednesday. Okay. But nobody speaks Medunetter. <laughs> what? You, you can't see this? 
And I'm not talking about this stuff that Ashwa Kwesi and these other people just made up the last couple of years. Talking about that's how you pronounce Medu Netter. How about all the the last 30 to 40 years, Mr. With all due respect, a beloved scholar, Ashwa Kwesi, who's been going over there. How about who Dr. Ben, who is native of Africa, how about this? How about he's never known how to pronounce some medunetter? And he tells you, you can't pronounce medunetter. Now, how in the world is this a functional working ancient language and nobody speaks it? Now I'm going to go to Egypt and Kemet and show you what actually happened. Kemet means land of Ham. This is verifiable in history. This is verifiable in Hebrew and translated into English. The word is Kemet. In Hebrew, it might be pronounced more like calm, like calm, okay? But the point that I'm making, land of Ham. Who is Ham? One of Noah's three sons. So could Egypt actually be older than the land that Noah was living and civilizing if his son, Ham, wasn't even born. And then Egypt did not even have a civilization before that time. Could that that be possible? No. There's nothing to debate. This is this man's son. Now, if you don't believe Abraham existed, then you've got to be some kind of fool. Because you can verify that this land was named Land of Ham. They had Abraham's body over there in um, modern-day Egypt. I think they still got it. They got his bones and stuff. Well, some people say it's Abraham. Let me just say this. I've been able to verify that it's Joseph. Actually, it's Joseph. And the the, um, the 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 bones are by uh, I think is Yayu Y A Y U I think that's the name, which is a translation of y- Yusef or um, Joseph. It's another form of that name, but they have his bone. Anyway. They try to make him. They try to make him look different than what he actually was. But anyway, he existed. It's just come on, man. All right, now let's go to Kemet, Egypt. If Kemet, Egypt is by the son of Noah, then whatever Noah was doing and Noah's predecessors predates Egypt, Kemet. So. Whatever Noah, whatever language Noah was speaking, writing, and speaking predates Medunetter. Civilization came from Mesopotamia. 
which is part of Northeast Africa, yes, the Mesopotamian Empire. Nile Valley region, yes, it's part of Mesopotamia. However, Mesopotamia's history predates Egypt's history. So if Noah was in Mesopotamia, and he was, then that Mesopotamia would have to be the father of Egypt. E.K., am I making sense? Absolutely, brother. I, I mean, the, the problem is with people is they want to invent different, you know, they want to invent history as they quote-unquote see it in modern times and trying to connect it back. And it's like you they negate, like, how, for one, if Noah had three sons, then how could Egypt's land or their practices or culture, how could that have existed prior to Noah if no one even knew if Ham was going to exist in the first place or Noah was going to exist in the first place? Until it was actually until we knew about it, you see. So it's like it's just it's just it's just like yeah, you could just see like the mindset is just not there, and it's and unfortunately, like, and this is what I always think about is like, you know, when it comes to like the scriptures, unfortunately, you know, the people that was like there was always a bloodline that always preserved these things, but. As time went on, some people got, you know, passed away and records may have not been kept up to date, whatever, but then there's more people that kept continuing the culture and the practice and then written it down and genetic memory kicks in and then they started doing that. But then unfortunately, people that had deviated started turning idol God worship and creating the religions and started pushing it to the forefront. And then they even started to do what Yeshua was preaching against in what we just read in Matthew, creating vain repetitions of these different practices. And so, and that created idolatry. So these people that we don't hear about that was preserving these things doesn't get the same recognition because these people started making claims about, oh, this is how it is, this is how it is. But then in reality, that's not how the history or how the stories went. You know, and so that's sort of like what's been going on on this planet. Like, a lot of people have just been misinformed and miseducated about the truth of history. If you don't have to believe in the scriptures, but believe what took place in historical records about land masses and cultures and people in general, then you can still connect it back to the scriptures. But sometimes people just want to create idol gods for themselves to worship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So I hope you all are with me. I hope you all are paying attention. I just got to get this one more point out. Matter of fact, wait a minute. Um, Is there anybody here that has never heard of yoga? Who was that? Brother Azim. You've never heard of yoga, like um. Uh, no, I, I've heard of yoga. I've heard of it. Yes, I heard of. Okay. 
Who has not heard of yoga? Okay, now, hold that thought. We started talking about prayer. We went from modern day times and we're going backwards. We're showing you Christianity today. They're standing in these places of worship doing vain repetition. He showed you in Mecca where they're doing vain repetition and they're imitating Hebrew culture, particularly with the prayer postures that were being made mockery of while we were in Syrian captivity. A couple years ago in this class, we talked about prayer being part remembrance and part exercise. Now, you have to understand that this is ancient. The grandsons of Abraham. So we're going to do the, the main patriarch so you can remember this these key people in history. Adam, Noah, Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. From Jacob came the Israelites. From Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, from Abraham, his firstborn was Ishmael, who became the father of the Arabs. His mother was Egyptian, quote-unquote, African, Hemetic, Egyptian. Ishmael's mother was an African, Hamite, named Hagar, who some say Imhotep was her father. So Ishmael's mother, Hagar, Abraham actually took Hagar and Ishmael to Arabia and they built the Kaaba, the thing that these people walk around and worship. Abraham and Ishmael actually built it. Now that's historically proven. So he had to exist for that to be there. That was there before this Islamic religion and what they put over to cover it. You, so you don't see what it's actually like. It was there before Islamic religion. So obviously, when Abraham, well, excuse me, when these Israelites taught Prophet Muhammad, they were teaching him the Hebrew faith because these these uh, Ishmaelites were worshiping 360 gods, and they were worshiping God and goddess, Allah and Allah. They were worshiping these 360 gods and the high gods, Allah and Allah, the God and the goddess. So when the Israelites come and teach Muhammad, they're teaching him, this is not the faith of your father, Abraham. You all have deviated. Go bring them back to the one God. Go bring them back to the original faith. The original faith is submit to the will of the Most High God, period. 
follow the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High God. The original faith is a government platform, is not a religion. Running a stoplight has nothing to do with your religion. Obeying the stoplight has nothing to do with your religion. It's the law. Likewise for the Hebrew faith. Thou shalt not kill has nothing to do with your religion. There ain't nobody on this planet, nowhere, where it's legal or lawful to kill. And all these different religions and governments all have thou shalt not kill because they all come from the original source. All right, now, if you see what I'm saying, Muslims are those who submit to the will of the Most High. Islam means submission. So all they did was take their Arabic language and put those words on the original faith, and then they call it some new religion. When if you read anything about Muhammad, if you in, in history books or even in their religion, he's telling you that they're that they're taking the Arabs back to the original monotheistic faith. <laughs> That's what they say. All right, now. Get back to Abraham. Abraham is a descendant of Shem. Shem is a son of Noah. So whatever was going on between Noah and Adam, this is where we're going to go back to. There was no name given to the faith from Adam to Abraham. Well, Abraham gave the, the name Hebrew. The word Hebrew existed before Abraham, but Abraham gave the name to it because he established it in law. Meaning, uh, he established us as a nation. Meaning, we're designated as a nation from that point on being civilized and, and having um, a king and all that. That's what we were supposed to do, okay? trying to shorten it up because I'm trying to get this done before nine, but bear with me. Listen. Noah had the same practice as, as Abraham. The same prayer postures as Abraham that were done privately. Remember we said prayer is part remembrance and part exercise. I'm sticking to those two points specifically right now. So that means Noah was doing what Abraham was doing. Noah had a son named Ham. Ham is the father of the Egyptians, the Hamites before Egypt comes into existence. So what would Ham's original culture have been? What would it have been, Brother Gavin? What would Ham's original culture have been, Brother Gavin? Hello. 
Adam's original culture had to be, you know, from his forefather, which is uh, his father himself, Noah, which is being of the Hebrews. Very simple to understand. Now, they weren't called Hebrews yet, but it was the same culture. Okay, so Ham was doing the same culture as his father Noah. So when Ham gets into the land where the scriptures call it Mitzraim, uh, Mizraim became known as Kemet, land of Ham. When Ham enters and erects uh, government in Kemet, he's carrying on the language, the culture of his father and of his forefathers. Simple to understand. Now, in Egypt, they have comedic yoga. Egyptian yoga. In this comedic yoga, they have what they call a sun salutation. How many of you are familiar with this? I've heard of it. Okay. Now, I did a video on this about five years ago. I'm going to release it, like, coming up soon. Where you see the comedic yoga sun salutation, it has all of the things of prayer postures of Hebrews. Now, this is important to understand. They understood that this was not um, worshiping some idol god. Originally, they understood this. They understood that this was part exercise, physical exercise, part worship, for lack of a better word or praise in honor to the Most High. Remembrance of our creation of our body from our Creator. That was Hebrew, or what later became known as Hebrew prayer postures. So Egyptian comedic yoga, sun salutations, and other things in it, but I'm going to deal with the sun salutations, are part of the ancient cultural prayer postures. That practice predates Egypt, but understand, or Kemet, but understand 
Again, it gets turned into idol God worship. Again, it gets lost in translation. And again, all the people are running around thinking, oh, this is this is some specifically for Egypt, some ancient Egyptian secret stuff. When it is not. All of them had the same culture. How do you have a medunetter that, that, that you can't pronounce and then you call it a language? That makes no sense. So it was a, it was a symbolic pictorial form of communication. I'm not doubting that, but I'm talking about a spoken language. It can't predate, well, you got cuneiform. That's a, that was a written language. But then even in cuneiform, some people say that you can't pronounce it, which is mostly with he, uh, Hindus. You got Sanskrit, cuneiform, Sanskrit, and cuneiform are supposed to be older, but none of it is older than phonic or phonetic language, which is where the original Hebrew language came from. Phonics today, the, the language we speak now is based on phonics. Same pronunciation of vowels and consonants are ancient. They go back to the original formation of civilization on this earth. So your ancient ancestors who were the original inhabitants of this earth who predate any of these beings, they predate Adam, the prophet Adam, the original inhabitants, the Bible says, are older than Adam, the prophet Adam. This was what they were building and bringing into civilization. So when you got when you get to the prophet Adam, then he is already functional in civilization. Government, he was him and others were building government, laws, systems of trade, the gold and silver standard of money, lawful money started back in Abraham's time, and it is still the standard today. So you're looking at a planet that all all of their cultures come from these original people that are written of in the Bible and who eventually became known as Hebrews. And all of their religious practices are derivatives of their original faith. That's what I want to impress upon us. I hope you get it. I hope you get it. If you remember this, do not take this out here thinking you're qualified to teach. Keep it in your remembrance. Hold the knowledge. And as you grow, you'll be able to reason with people and not argue and debate with people. If you recognize an argument or a debate coming on, you walk away from it. It is foolishness. It is babble. Do not get baited into it. The first thing that happens is when somebody wants to debate you, they want to stir up your emotions and get you upset because what they're saying is contrary to what you know of as true. And you get baited into it. 
I understand every now and then you just got to, you know, you got to deal address some, with some issues. But you don't have to argue and you don't have to debate. You want to reason and you want to share your points. And if you take it into arguments, recognize that it's going there and end it. Because only a, a fool is going to sit up here and argue with a fool that can't even make a really rational statement about history, which is, oh, Abraham didn't exist. Noah didn't exist. There's no records on earth to say they exist. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. There's records all over the earth that talk about these people, shows images of these people all over the earth. Just because it's not here in America doesn't mean it's not other places. And it's not like it's hard to find. But the pe- the problem is these people have a bias. Oh, I don't like the Bible, so now I'm going to follow Egyptology. So now I'm going to attack the Bible and try to discredit the Bible. Why don't you like the Bible, sir? Because they use that into slave us. Yeah, they did. But who sent them to use it to enslave us? The Most High Almighty. Why? Because we were deviant, stiff-necked, hard-headed, and rebellious, following idol gods, and then here you go, back following these idol gods of Egypt. No transatlantic slave trade touched Egypt, but yet you identify with a culture you've never lived, period. (laughs) (laughs) And you're supposed to be the, the conscious, the wise, the most intelligent. That is crazy. You have lost your mind if you walked on that path. Tons of evidence that say we came to the transatlantic slave trade from the west coast of Africa. They even got the slave gates still there to this day. So what are you talking about? (laughs) So they had the... Excuse me? I said, uh, I said, then Obama, I remember when Obama and his wife, Michelle, they uh, went to the gate where they was uh, transporting the slaves off the west coast of Africa. I did not know that, brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> Holy smoke. We got to get that, brother. We need that. Yeah. We need um, that. That's significant. I will, I will do my best to get it because I remember when they made the article about it when he went um, over there and he walked the same areas and stuff where they was trading the people and he was right there. Yeah. This happened sometime a few years ago. I think that's when he first got in the office and that's when he had went over there him and his wife. Wow. I did not know that. I will get. I will do my best to get that article, brother Priest, and um, I will um, I will do my best to email it to you. Is that email still valid? The one that you have? No, don't send me no emails, brother. Send it to somebody else. And then, okay, well, uh, well, I'll, do, I'll send it to brother Ramya, and brother Ramya, he can he can find a way to forward to you. Okay, we'll work it out. So, okay. so look, so look, there's no connection to Egypt in the transatlantic slave trade. 
Well, mysteriously, if there's 52-plus countries on the said continent of Africa, why is it the only country that you identify with is Egypt? You can't even prove prove where the hell you came from. So why is it that you just attach yourself to Egypt? That shows you the sickness of our people. That shows you. You don't you don't say you're from uh, and and um Angola, excuse me, um Algeria. You don't say you're from Sudan. Oh no. You're from Egypt. You're from Kemet. You're from crazy, that's what you are. <laughs> when, when history says that we were taken from the west coast of Africa. Not only were we taken from the west coast of Africa, we were taken from the kingdom of Judah, and the land of the kingdom of Judah was there on the west coast of Africa. Not only that, do you all remember that there's a music called Juju music? Do you all remember that? Has anybody heard Juju music? J-U-J-U, Juju music? Yes, And it's very rhythmic. It's very... Um, very rhythmic music. It's almost like hip-hop beats, actually. Juju music has a lot of syncopation and swing rhythms. Just kind of like James Brown hip-hop samples. So you got Juju music, you got the Kingdom of Judah. You got um, all this culture on the west coast of Africa, and all of them knew that these were the Israelites of of the tribe of Judah and tribe of Benjamin that were over there on the west coast of Africa hiding from the Romans. All of these people knew this. All of these people knew this. All of them. How do you put on the map that this is the kingdom of Judah? They had a couple of countries there on the west coast. And you telling me that these ain't the Jews. These ain't the Israelites of the scriptures. These people have lost their damn minds. They can't. We can trace. We can trace our migration pattern. We can trace when we left from um, from Israel, Judah, and went into parts of Africa. We can trace it. We can trace. Of course, some of pe- some of the people are going to stop in a in a Algeria, a Nigeria, or Morocco, or so of course, some of them are going to stop in these areas before they get to the West Coast. They were traveling from Israel. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> They're all throughout, scattered out throughout Africa. The, the bulk of us ended up over, over here, of course. But my point is that there's, they're there. And it's not even debatable. And if you try to debate it, you just look like a fool. Because we go into the census records, we prove it there. We go into the law books, we prove it there. We go into the history, we prove it there. And then you still can't come up with some slave trade from Egypt. I mean, come on, man. This is ridiculous. It's not worth arguing and debating religion. When you understand the source and you're looking at somebody that's spitting out rhetoric and they're trying to impress you with scriptural quotations, Understand that they're probably not altogether mentally there. 
Now, I'm not saying all of them are like that, but there's too many of them to be able to differentiate. There's nothing wrong with being able to quote scriptures if you know how to talk in your own language, make sense out of it, and reason with people. But when you get into that arguing and my interpretation is bigger than yours and better than yours, you do not get it. You do not get it. When you see these people, leave them alone. That's the spirit of debate. There's no constructive um, thing that comes out of that. Nothing. Just make people mad at you. (laughs) Some people tried me on Facebook last week. Straight out, came after me, attacked me on Facebook. Straight out. I'm going to tell you why, because I asked the question, what are your thoughts of the conscious community? Oh, you a Hebrew. You ain't conscious. Go back and worship your damn Bible. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about because I asked, what do you think of the conscious community? Oh, you trying to pretend like you, you are conscious. I'm trying to pretend like I'm conscious because I asked, what do you think about the conscious community? And you think you're conscious and you don't understand that what you're trying to say has nothing to do with the question? Because I put this question out, EK, I'm I'm pretending to be conscious. <laughs> brother, please. I, 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 I didn't mean that, brother. But you have to hear this. Okay. I read the article about Obama went to Africa to the, the slave trade area. And is this some idiot? Uh, some kind of reporter said no slave ever boarded a ship through it. The historian Anna Lucia Ajuru told the news agency it's not a real place for where real people left in numbers they stayed. Wait a minute. Is that is that individual from Africa? I doubt it. It sounds like a damn European. Okay. All you gotta do is that people, all the people on the West Coast, they know. Mm-hmm. All of them know, and they know yeah. who went to those slave ships. So the uh, malarkey, malarkey. You go to the people. That's what's wrong with America. They they can hide um, certain things from the people, and then these Negroes think they're some intellectual giants. Any <laughs> anyway, um, my point is, I hope you all get it. I hope you all understand what happened. What happened with prayer? What happened with religion? It started with us, and bits and pieces of it broke off all over the earth. Some call it yoga. Some call it salat. Some call it prayer. They don't know what they're talking about. They've turned this stuff into idol God worship and idol God religion. It's very simple. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Don't commit fornication. Don't commit murder. These are laws. Ain't got nothing to do with whether you believe in the Bible or not. It don't even matter if you believe in a God or not. It still applies to you. Everybody that's here, please be there on Thursday. I know you can't make it, brother, um, Azim, but everybody else is really imperative that you be there on Thursday. 
and last thing I want to say, um, I don't know if you know Anisha and, and Gavin, but Trevon was in the car accident last night. So, um, yes, he's okay, but, you know, um, he totaled his car. So, you know, um, our prayers and positive energies go out to him. And our brother Eric and sister Crystal, brother Eric lost his mother this past Friday. Our prayers and positive energies go out to them. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you on Thursday. Shalom. 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 Hello.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.